Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I'm excited to bring you an interview with Vicki Davis, who you might know better as the Cool Cat Teacher, and she's going to be talking with us today about project-based learning, and whether you've never tried it before or you already really love it, this interview is going to not only give you practical tips, but it is going to inspire you and get you excited about trying this out. I know it certainly did for me. So let's dive right in. I'm here today with Vicki Davis. Thanks so much for being here, Vicki. I'm excited to be here, Linda. Can you share with us, first of all, before we get into project-based learning, can you just let everyone know a little bit about yourself and your website? Sure. So I've been teaching 16 years at the high school level, and I teach computer science, but I'm also IT director for my school. So I work with everybody from kindergartners all the way up with all kinds of STEM and coding and computer science. I do have a blog called The Cool Cat Teacher Blog and a podcast called The 10-Minute Teacher. But, um, you know, I am a full-time classroom teacher, and I did not start off planning to blog or anything. It's just like people found me, and I'm sure you feel this way, Linda. It's like, oh my goodness, these folks are like looking at what I'm doing, and it gets kind of intimidating. But um, honestly, in 2005, I felt like God called me to blog, and I didn't know what it was, and he's just blessed it. Yeah, that's so cool, and I share a very similar similar story there. So um, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. We're going to be talking today about project-based learning, and I'm excited to talk about this because it's something... I've been like, you know, watching and seeing, but I actually never got to do it when I was teaching. Um, man, for some when I when I was teaching, I just I was not even online looking at stuff, which once again, it's so cool how God moves you. Um, but anyhow, I want to start out just by can you share a little bit about what exactly is project based learning? Or like, how would you define it? It's more than just doing a project, right? Well, a lot of teachers have a project. And they, they kind of do it at the end. So they say, oh, well, let's study about this book and let's learn about this book and let's write a report and then let's do a project making a poster. OK, right. They're not really learning as part of that project. That's really more, you know, a lot of folks will say that's kind of like the whipped cream on top of the dessert. It's not really the main course. So project based learning is when you start the project and they're literally learning as part of the project. So like right now, my ninth graders, we kicked off our app building project that we do every spring. And last week when we started planning the apps and discussing the apps, the students are like, well, I don't know how to make an app. And I'm like, well, that's what we learn as part of the project. But see, they're so used to in in every school, okay, let's do this and then let's do a cute little project at the end. So they are literally learning as part of the project. So I like the definition that the Buck Institute has. And they talk about that, you know, a project is over extended period of time. It can be a week or semester and students engage in real world problems or complex questions. So if you think about it like this, you know, kids are used to working problems in math, Mm -hmm. but when do they work? problems in collaboration and problems in critical thinking and problems in problem solving, right? Um, Because we want everything to be perfect when they do everything in the classroom. I mean, that's one complaint teachers have about project-based learning. Well, it's hard or there's always problems. And I'm like, no, problems is what they have to learn to work. So 
right now, my kids are forming groups for their apps. And one of my requirements is they have to have team members from two multiple class periods. And I have a kid that came to me today that said, oh, we have a great app. And um, the name of their app is Artie, A-R-T-E-A. And it's about the art of tea. And they're <laughs> so excited about it, but they can't get anybody from the other class. And I said, well, let's keep working on it, but you're going to have to work on recruiting. And they're like, well, this is a problem. We don't know how to recruit people. And, and, and I'm able to talk to them. Okay, here's how you can recruit people. Here's how you can. And look and figure out who else is interested in this. Uh, this is how you can pitch it. This is how you can sell it. And that's a problem. And I'm okay with that problem hanging over their head right now because they're going to learn to solve it. That's so cool. So, yeah, it's just so you're actually doing the project. And as the problems come up, you're solving them. And that that's kind of the point, right? To be practicing your problem-solving yeah. skills and also learning the skills needed for whatever roadblocks you run into. Am I, is that correct? Well, yeah. And you want them to create. So I like to do invention projects where kids are inventing. So one of the things that we do that's a project-based learning um, activity in the fall in my computer science class is they invent a new way to access the internet. And they have to create a commercial. And in the commercial, it has to look like the invention is actually possible or actually exists already. So to do this, they actually have to understand, okay, is this grounded in reality? You know, like one example was a contact that could take pictures and they filmed it as if it was the contact. Well, they had to figure out, okay, is this grounded in reality? Are things miniaturizing to the point that you're going to be able to access the internet from your contacts? And of course you are. So they were researching and they were learning digital. They were learning about digital film. They were learning how to create a commercial. All of these things were kind of wrapped in together, which is, you know, the best projects are the ones that they talk about for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and that's that's true. You can imagine that, you know, where you sit in the class all year and you like remember a few things. I, I can see how doing something with your hands, actually doing it, you would just remember that so much better. OK, I have a couple questions and I think they kind of relate together as I'm trying to process this and. Hopefully the t teachers listening have similar questions. So the first question I have is, you know, many teachers, and this is including myself, get a little bit nervous talking about project-based learning because it's obviously going to take a lot of class time, you know, to do this project. I mean, you're dedicating hours and hours to it, I guess, depending on how big the project is. So can you talk a little bit about that concern? You know, is it really worth the time or, or maybe better yet, how do we make sure it's worth the time it takes? And maybe related to this, maybe this is a separate question, maybe this is the same question, but what a, do you recommend this like across in any subject or do you think certain subjects kind of lend itself better to this? Like I can see it totally makes sense to me in computer class, struggling a little bit more to think like, well, in math class, you know, how would you make it worth the time you take away from the normal stuff? Okay, I know that was a lot, but. <laughs> huh. Well, um, I believe you can do it in every class um, and you have to remember. So my students are doing this youth science testing and they're learning all about how they learn. Well, I found that my extroverts tend to struggle in some of the classes like history, which have a lot of worksheets because they actually learn more by doing and conversing. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. introverts tend to do better, you know, with some of the, the reading and the worksheets because they're, you know, tend to, to operate more that way. Now, that's kind of a, an overall generalization. But, you know, for example, I've seen math teachers go outside and let's say, okay, let's measure the angle of this tree. 
here mm-hmm. or let's that what's the height of this tree and can we calculate it based on the shadow and the time of day and activities like that so you know you can even do citizen science projects there's lots of citizen science projects where you know um there's a tree width measuring project that's a global project where um you go out um once a month and you measure the the around the trees that you're tracking and you turn those reports in. And then once a year you take a look at, you know, what's going on with a citizen science project. And I like those because it, it really relates kids to the, to the world at large and they know that they're part of the world. And, um, you know, we're all measuring, there's a monarch tracking project where you're tracking the the path of the monarch butterfly, butterfly and everybody logs in and puts that in. So, you know, citizen science is really easy for science, but, you know, there's all kinds of projects. I was watching one on Twitter today, um, a math uh, project, which kids were rolling a, a marble up and down on a slanted um, surface. And then they were taking a look at the parabola and writing, getting the formula for that because it was done on graph paper where the lines were. Now, that's obviously a very, very small project, but it was hands on. They were having a problem solve and they're, you know, putting the marble in paint and then rolling it across the paper and having to figure that out. And, uh, you know, some people wouldn't call that a project, but that is something that's real world. They are having to try to figure it out and say, okay, this is this is real. So you want to make whatever your subject is real. You want it to come alive. And um, there are ways to do it. Now, one of my favorite things is to have the kind of project that kids want to do it when they're not doing anything else. So having it as sponge activities, that's fantastic. Mm. You know, we're going to be studying this over a period of time. And, you know, teachers are always trying to come up with with those particular activities. But, you know, um, even letting kids troubleshoot, a lot of teachers are starting to put in these um, Echo Dots with the Amazon Alexa in their classrooms. Right. And, um, you know, having the kids say, okay, find, you know, 10 things to teach their everybody else to be able to use with this, um, with the Echo Dot here and teach the rest of the class. You know, those are little mini projects that you can do. So you can always empower kids, give them real world problems, um, give them ways to uh, share with the class. I mean, there's just so many things that you can do. And it's more than just say, okay, pick what you want to write about. Um, I, you know, I like to let my kids pick the media. So a lot of times when we do our projects, I'll say, you know, use the multimedia of your choice to express blank. And they can pick, they can make movies, they can do podcasts, they can do just about anything they want to. And of course, I work with older kids, but I'm not, you know, here's the thing. Um, Project-based learning has been around for a long time. And if you're like, okay, how can I find something in math? Well, you can go on Twitter and take a look at math chat or I teach math is kind of the new hashtag that a lot of math folks are following. Um, So you can go on I teach math. And like I was on there yesterday, which is where I saw the marble project. And I saw like 20 or 30 projects, mini projects and larger projects that you could do like tomorrow, you know, and at the end of the school, you're always looking for exciting things to do. So, um, Project-based learning just means that you are learning as part of the project. But I do agree with you, Linda, these, the project as it was done when I was in school, which is basically, <laughs> yeah. we're going to, you know, draw, lay on the ground and draw around ourselves and do this or that. Um, those were just like, let's make something. You know, they were right. not, let's learn something as we're making something. Uh, my friend Jennifer Gonzalez at Cult of Pedagogy, she has a post where she calls them Grecian urns. Those projects where you're, she said there was, she tells a story about how they had a class that where they spent weeks 
like creating this Grecian urn, and it was like cool, but it had no educational value. And and I think that's actually as I'm as I'm listening and processing, I think that um, that's something I when I was teaching, I really wanted to avoid the the time wasting. I I like now we'll use quotes, quote unquote, project. And so I kind of like ran the other direction, like we don't have time for this stuff. But as you're talking, I'm realizing it doesn't have to be a week long project. It can be something that takes ten minutes. It could be something that takes a class period. So if I just taught a concept yesterday and we're going to review it today, we can review it through a project versus reviewing it through just more practice problems or something like that. Am I understanding correctly? Yeah. And, you know, projects give you a way to have deeper learning and Mm -hmm. collaboration and creativity. And, you know, it's where you see, you know, elementary kids, okay, you've got to uh, create a uh, public service announcement about something, and I'll say agriculture because that's where we're in South Georgia, about something that people need to understand in agriculture. Okay, well, for that project, they've got to obviously research a lot about the ecos- ecosystem, about farming, about agriculture, uh, do some research as well as learn how to use the technology for that. So, um, and then they present, so they have a real audience and they're creating and they're critical thinking and they're collaborating and see, so there is a, there's a new book called, and it's not a Christian book, but it's, uh, humility is the new, um, oh, I can't even remember what it is. It's like humility is the new strength or whatever, but it's talking about how we're about to enter an age of the intelligent machine and over 20% of our jobs are going to be replaced by these intelligent machines and the jobs that will remain will be the jobs requiring creativity, critical thinking and problem solving. So all this 21st century stuff that people are talking about is actually very, very real because people who can't work in projects, see my, in in our projects that we do, we always have a student project manager and an assistant project manager. So if it's longer than a week, we're going to have a PM and an APM and I'll, instead of meeting with a whole team, I'll say, send your, send all the PMs to my desk. And we'll have almost like a little staff meeting and I'll say, okay, tell me what's going on. Now, the APM's job is if the PM is out, they have to just run it. I don't care if somebody's out. Projects move forward whether somebody's there or not. Somebody can be out a week. It doesn't matter. Your team moves forward. It's just like a little business. So I'm teaching them business skills. I'm teaching them how to run a group. I'm teaching them collaboration. Uh, There's just so much that they're learning as part of this. And you can do this with very, very young students creating, you know, many businesses. And, you know, some people will do little class stores and different teams run the store each week and they have a certain amount that they can buy and and then they sell to the class. I mean, there's all kinds of little things that you can do where kids have autonomy to run something. So this is, this is a philosophy of teaching and um, it's a totally different approach. But once I found this, I mean, ages ago, I used to give 200 and something question computer science tests and the kids remembered nothing (laughs) well they just remembered nothing they knew nothing they remembered nothing but when I started going to project-based learning which was about when I started blogging in 2005 two or three years after that like 2007 2008 the kids always like to have study hall in my class but I would see the kids who had gone through it coming back to help the other kids. Oh, now you're making apps. Oh, now you're making podcasts. Oh, now you're doing that. And they would still remember it. They would still know how to do it. And they would still be interested in it. And they would talk about those projects like they did it the day before. And um, there's no better proof than that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I know it. Well, I have students that still talk about 
my daughter called me the other day. He said, oh, she said, oh, in um, uh, my international affairs class, we're talking about Thomas Friedman. Well, she was part of the Flat Classroom Project where we study the world was flat by Thomas Friedman. And she said, I was able to, you know, talk about all the flatteners and everything. And I'm like, and you did that how long ago? She's like, oh, mom, it was six and a half, seven years ago. And I'm thinking, how much do kids remember that, that long? You know, they just don't, but they do when it's a project. Yeah. So let's say there's a teacher that's, this is, this is so interesting. I want to get started. Like, how would you recommend, how do you start with this? Do you have to make all the projects yourself or are there ones that are like already easy ways to find ones that are already made? Uh, how do you, how do, what would you recommend for them? Well, I'm pretty sure there's a still a PBL chat where people talk about projects, but I would suggest that go to the subject that you're in. So like I teach math is kind of a hashtag that the math teachers are math chat. Um, and, LMN chat, you know, ELEM chat, you know, if you're first grade, there's first chat, there's second chat, there's third chat, even if you never want to tweet. That's and we're fine. talking on Twitter, right? Yeah, go on Twitter and look at that hashtag. Um, Cyberman one, which is Jerry Blumengarten has a list of all the hashtags that are out there that people use. But you know, I found at elementary, the most useful are, you know, kinder chat for kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, all of those. And then when you get to middle and high school to actually go to your subject area um, and go with the chat there, like SciChat for um, science, the history chat, which is SS chat, is not been as active as I wish it, it could be, at least last time I checked. But, you know, go and you that's where you can see instant ideas. Now, there's obviously people like you and others that you can follow to to get ideas, you know, read, read books and, um, you know, say, oh, I want to try that or I want to try this. I mean, there's so many approaches you can have to projects, but no, you don't need to, you know, start from scratch. Yes, you can look on, you know, you can look on Teachers Pay Teachers, you can look other places, but, you know, sometimes I'll sit down and um, once a year or twice a year, typically I'll sit down and have focus groups with my students and they'll say, oh, we really wish we could do this more, that more. And then I'll design projects around that. So once you start on projects, um, it's not the only, think of it as part of your toolkit. It's not the only thing, you know, that you're going to do. Um, but it's certainly better for deeper learning, for collaboration, for creativity. Um, and it's the kind of stuff even the parents talk about. I mean, I was in there giving parents a copy of the kids podcast today and, you know, the parents, oh, they're just so excited. It's like, you know, they're very well done and the kids have done a great job. But um, it just shows a side of their life that maybe you, you, that a worksheet just can't capture. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's so exciting. And we'll link to um, some of those chats and resources at teachfortheheart.com slash PBL for project-based learning. So obviously we could talk forever. There's like entire probably whole websites and, and articles all over the place to go mm -hmm. into all the details of this. But could you just give us, before we go, a couple key pieces of advice? So there are like a few things like you really want to keep in mind when putting together a project or, you know, teach working with yeah. students in project-based learning? Don't make the mistake I made my first year with creating a massive project right out of the gate. I think that, um, and, and it, and I ended up having to back off pretty quickly when I saw how massive the project was. Um, so start smaller. Yeah, I think it's good to start smaller, get your feet wet with smaller projects, but ask yourself the question when they're doing the project, how dependent are they on me? And 
are they getting to the point where they just come and ask me for advice and they're so excited that they're running ahead? Or is this the kind of thing that they're talking to me when they don't have to talk about this? Is this the kind of thing that their parents say, you know, so-and-so, my daughter told me all about what you're doing in class. She's so excited. Mm. Like that is, that's why we teach. We don't, we don't teach just to take up air and get a paycheck. We teach to change lives. We teach to make a difference. We teach to, you know, and we serve a creative, awesome God who's created so many beautiful people and so many amazing things. And we want to use technologies and all of these things for good and, um, and just have an open mind. And so I love it when my kids are creating and inventing. And, you know, I think that we should ask ourselves, is there a place in every single day where a student is actually doing something they want to do and creating something new, able to work towards a creation and learning at the same time? I mean, we're not saying sit there, like you said, and make a Grecian urn for no purpose. <laughs> But um, are they creating and inventing about what they're learning? So if they're, you know, doing something about butterflies, are they um, creating and learning? I mean, so many things with iPads, you know, stop motion uh, photography of the cocoon, you know, and then turn it into a video. So instead of just watching it in class, they've actually made a stop motion video and shared it on YouTube. So other people could see their caterpillar you know, turn into a butterfly. Um, And that's really what, I guess that captures what we're trying to do. We're trying to help these little caterpillars turn into butterflies, but um, they have to kind of weave their little uh, cocoon and kind of, and and the other thing is that, you know, that if, if you study butterflies, if you try to help the butterfly out, a lot of times the butterfly will die because the butterfly needs the pushing and the, all that it does to, um, when they push out of that cocoon to pull the blood into their wings so they can fly. And that's the same with projects. There are times when you need to let them have productive struggle. It is Mm. okay. There are lots of times I'll go, huh, I don't know. What do you think? Or I'm not sure we're going to solve that problem today. You're going to have to think on it. And it drives them crazy because they're used to getting the answer and putting it in the blank. (laughs) And we have to let them have that productive struggle because that's what they're going to do in the business world. I mean, you and I lay awake at night going, hmm, how am I going to reach Johnny? Or how am I going to get Susie interested in this? I'm just not reaching her. I mean, that's part of our creative struggle and, and getting our wings as teachers. And we need to have that for our students, too. That's so cool. Thank you so much for sharing all this. You got me excited about this. I hope you have some other teachers excited about that too. And maybe some point in the future, we can come back and talk about it a little bit more. So in the meantime, um, where can everyone best connect with you? Well, I'm at coolcatteacher.com and my podcast is at forward slash podcast, but I am coolcatteacher everywhere. And yes, it's spelled correctly. So Twitter at coolcatteacher, or you can look for coolcatteacher on Facebook. So just connect and, uh, and I like to be helpful. So my wheelhouse is kind of like, you know, using technology and project-based learning for awesome things at all ages. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll link to all of Vicki's uh, website and podcasts and all that at teachfortheheart.com slash PBL for project-based learning. Thanks so much, Vicki. 
I hope you enjoyed this interview with Vicki Davis. Thank you again so much, Vicki, for coming on and for talking with us about this. And I hope you'll try out a project-based learning activity in your class. This is a great time of year to do this. Uh, it's the end of the year. Um, you're looking for something to really engage your students. So this is the perfect time to try one out. Once again, you can get all of the notes and the links at teachfortheheart.com slash PBL for project-based learning. One last thing before we go, if you are listening to this right when it came out, there is just one or two days left to pre-order our newest book, Take Heart and Teach, and get the exclusive pre-order bonuses, which include a Take Heart and Teach Encouraging Songs playlist, a lock screen for your phone, a chance to win a Teach for the Heart t-shirt, early access, and more. So check that out at teachfortheheart.com slash take heart. And if you're listening to this later, that's totally okay because the book is still available and you can grab it as well at teachfortheheart.com slash take heart. Thank you guys again so much. It was so fun to bring you this interview and I hope you find it helpful and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.